Everyone needs a pastor. A visit to the pastor's study brings biblically faithful pastoral ministry to you and help from those with proven experience in Christian service. We want you to be part of the program during the 30 minutes ahead. To visit the pastor's study today, text your question at 516-367-0391. Again, that's 516-367-0391. Now welcome to today's Visit to the Pastor's Study with Pastor Bill Shishko. And I am your host, Pastor Bill Shishko. We invite your calls. If you're listening on Saturday, the live call-in number is 631 955-5400, or you can call any time in the week texting your questions at this number, 516-367-0391. Well, our visits to the pastor's study in this series have focused on several of today's hot-button issues connected with gender and sexuality, ROGD, rapid-onset gender dysphoria, revoice, and God's voice on issues regarding homosexuality and the possibility of real change by the gospel. And, can I be a gay Christian? Well, I urge you to listen to these information-packed programs. They're available at sermonaudio.com, a great resource, sermonaudio.com, at their website under A Visit to the Pastor's Study, or right at our own website, visitthepastorsstudy.org. Several times in this series, both I and my guests have emphasized that churches must be teaching what the Bible says about biblical manhood and womanhood, as well as about God's design for sexuality and sexual relations. And the rather obvious question that has come to us for this month, the open forum, is, so, what does the Bible say about what it means to be male and female? So for this entire topic... I really cannot too highly recommend the outstanding volume, Recovering Biblical Manhood and Womanhood, edited by John Piper and Wayne Grudem. And while the 26 chapters and other materials in this 566-page book are a response to evangelical feminism, so much of what's included in this rich volume applies to what we've been discussing in this series. Even though it was published in 1991, nearly 30 years ago, its contents are as relevant for today, if not even more relevant, than they were then. Listen to what John Piper writes in chapter 1 of Recovering Biblical Manhood and Womanhood, keeping in mind that today is 1991. The tendency today is to stress the equality of men and women by minimizing the unique significance of our maleness and femaleness. But this depreciation of male and female personhood is a great loss. It is taking a tremendous toll on generations of young men and young women who do not know what it means to be a man or a woman. Confusion over the meaning of sexual personhood today is epidemic. The consequence of this confusion is not a free and happy harmony among gender-free persons relating on the basis of abstract competencies. The consequence, rather, is more divorce, more homosexuality, more sexual abuse, more promiscuity, more social awkwardness, and more emotional distress and suicide that come with the loss of God-given identity. Little help, writes John Piper, is being given to a son's question, Dad, 
what does it mean to be a man and not a woman? Or to a daughter's question, Mom, what does it mean to be a woman and not a man? We are adrift in a sea of confusion over sexual roles, and life is not better for it. And the quotation by John Piper. Well, if that was true in 1991, how much more is this true 30 years later? So, in response to both your questions and the questions of the son and the daughter in the John Piper quotation, we'll be taking two open forums this week and next week to consider what the Bible says about manhood and womanhood. My guest on today's visit to the Pastor's Study Open Forum is Pastor Ben Miller, who serves Trinity Church in Syosset, Long Island, New York. I so value Pastor Ben's thoughtful reflections on our culture and his commitment to ask what the Word of God really says to address these cultural issues. He gives us a good model of bringing every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, as the Apostle Paul calls us to do in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And today, Pastor Ben will help us think through biblical manhood, what it is, and how it can be taught effectively in our confused day. We do invite your questions. Again, you can text your questions at any time, 516-367-0391. Pastor Ben Miller, welcome to today's visit to the Pastor's Study. So good to be back, Bill. Thank you. Great to have you with us. So let's say I'm a young man. I'm in my late teens, early 20s. I'm wrestling with what it means to be a man, and I want to know what God says. What do you tell me, Pastor Ben? I think it's interesting that when Paul's talking to the Corinthians about gender differentiation in their worship, he says, doesn't even nature itself teach you some things? And so I think if we're going to be biblical about manhood and womanhood, we have to spend time looking not just at the Word of God, but at the world God has made, um, studying the book of nature as well as the book of Scripture. Um takes us back to creation. It's interesting, you know, God, for the first three days of creation, is forming, and then for the, the next three days, he's filling what he's formed. And my friend Alistair Roberts has suggested that there's a kind of template there for what God then commissions human beings to do. Go subdue the world, take dominion over it, that's forming, and fill it, multiply, fill it up with people. And men, men, um, it's interesting, even just to begin with our bodies. Um, bodies, male and female bodies, are pretty obviously different. Um, but aside from even just the, the sexual organs, um, there, there's a different structure to, to, to male and female bodies in general. Um, and men tend to have, you know, in, in general, a lot of upper body strength. And, and it's almost as if men are even physically well-suited to kind of the forming side of uh, God has made humans for, and, and women uniquely um, are able to fill the world with people uh, through childbearing. Um, and I think that one thing we should we should be talking with our young people about is is how just even at the at the biological physical level, there are very strong hints of of a kind of orientation that men have in their activity and in the ways that they associate with others, and the same for women. And so on, on the male side, for example, um, men, I think, in general, have a, have a very strong 
um, they have they have a certain physical capacity for and and quite often a, a kind of a natural orientation toward um, certain kinds of, of of jobs and certain kinds of work that they they tend to do just because they're they're in general better at these kinds of things than, than women are. I mean, if you drop a a man and a woman into a very primitive sort of environment where they have to carve out civilization out of raw nature, you know, the, the guy's going to tend to do the heavy lifting. And so there's this kind of natural orientation in, in men to a kind of um, very, you know, very physical way of relating with the world, um, kind of, you might think of agricultural pursuits in, uh, in some societies or more architectural pursuits. There's this kind of forming and subduing and building and planting and seeding and cultivating, and, and as part of that also, you know, protecting and keeping what's been built or, or planted. Um, those are, I don't think we can really talk about sort of abstract definitions of manhood or, or even abstract descriptions of manhood without thinking about what men look like in the real world in their activities and also in their, in their ways of associating. Because, you know, if you put a bunch of boys in a room, it tends to be much more rough and tumble then if you put a bunch of girls in, in a room, girls tend to have a much more, I, I would even say, more instinctive social intelligence. They're much more oriented to each other. Boys are much more oriented outward towards something they're trying to do together. And you know, these are general observations, but there's, there's a lot to learn from, from what nature teaches us about male agency, male action, and, and male associating. Um, and, and these things reflect the way that, that God really made us. And so... I think that if we're going to talk about manhood, we, we really have to look at what men, how men function in actual work and in actual relationships, and see the kinds of competencies and virtues that emerge out of those living, real-life, concrete contexts, and then talk about, you know, does it look like that man is loving that woman well? Does that man look like he's taking care of those children well? Does, do, you, do you admire the way that man works? It's much easier to talk about manhood when you see it. Doesn't nature itself teach you? And then from there, we can begin to kind of work out for a particular man, well, what are the competencies and virtues that God has, that, that you'll need to do the sorts of work and to have the kinds of relationships that God has placed in front of you? Uh, that'd be one, that'd be one I'd want, I guess, one sort of uh, line of thought for starters. How, how do you respond to the challenge, and I don't want to take up too much of your time, but how do you respond to the challenge people will make that these are just social constructs? These are the social constructs that have developed over time that we see today. It's it's not really nature. Well, I mean, I, I, I don't think we need to be at all defensive about the fact that, of course, cultural and, and social forms and conventions have, have formed, but what, why do those have to be um, why, why would that make us think that there's no nature underneath it? Um, you know, in, in many cases, for example, um, you know, let, let's say something like, you know, a very freighted issue like, should men primarily be the combatants, uh, military combatants? And, and in most societies, men have been, you know, the warriors. Um, well, that's, you know, in part just because naturally, physically, men are in general uh, better suited to agonistic, combative kinds of contexts. Um, doesn't mean that an, indi an individual woman couldn't be trained to be an incredibly powerful warrior, but there's just a general, natural uh, male strength that, you know, societies have had customs and, and conventions that have uh, built up around these things. I, I just, I don't think we should be afraid of the fact that, of course, many gender roles 
have a, a cultural component. Uh, I just would want to push back on the idea that there's no nature sure. underneath it. All right. I'm interested in your other lines of thinking you've got there. Um, specifically about... Yeah, you uh, mentioned that this is one, one development was nature, and you had some others. And then I rudely interrupted you. <laughs> I, I, I just think... Um, Another, another. To your point about convention, like what about dress? What about the idea that we we have um, sort of forced uh, boys and girls to fit into certain dress codes? Um, again, I, I think I think what 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 you see is as you look at historic historic cultures and also uh, contemporary cultures is that um, we have tended to dress boys and girls. In ways that have, you know, ref- that, that have been distinctive, and and I think that Paul makes the point in First Corinthians eleven that 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 should be something that is even uh, sustained in worship. There 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 were cultural implications of uh, certain kinds of dress that he he wanted to be respectful of those because boys and girls should be visibly different. They are physically visibly different. That's nature, and so they should be dressed differently. That's culture. And culture, in other words, we don't want to put pit culture and nature against each other. There is a way of, um, there are cultural forms that we could say are unnatural because they blur all distinction between the sexes. Um, and again, I just think that we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be at all reticent about affirming that culture, gender does find cultural expression. Um, but the reason it does is because there's this fundamental natural difference between the sexes, and it, it's it's right there marked in our body. Okay. I'm interested in how Pastor Miller is the is the pastor of Trinity Church, a congregation of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church in Syosset on Long Island, and I know that you are working within the practical outworkings of church life with men and with women. And after our message from the voice of a visit to the pastor's study, Pastor Ben, would you be willing to present some of those things to us? Yes, um, absolutely. Uh, do you want me to mention a few now? No, let, let, let's hear from the voice. Get, you can catch your breath, and then uh, and yeah, then we can absolutely. talk about those things. Great. All right. It's not enough to listen to pastors on the radio or to watch them on television. Everyone needs a biblically faithful pastor, and everyone needs a biblically faithful church. A Visit to the Pastor's Study is a ministry of the Orthodox Presbyterian Churches in the metropolitan New York area. We're no substitute for a faithful pastor in a local church, but we are a supplement. Visit our website, www.visitthepastorsstudy.org, and you can bring the ministry of this program right to your electronic device. Here you'll find archives of past programs, a weekly message from Pastor Bill's Pastor's Post, helps for pastors, helps for congregation members, material for officer training, and much more. That's www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. And we also invite you to contact the host of this program, Pastor Bill Shishko. You can email him at visitpastorbill at gmail.com. He'd love to hear from you so that he can bring his pastoral ministry to you personally. That's Visit Pastor bill at gmail.com remember everyone needs a pastor and now back to today's edition of a visit to the pastor's study 
I am your host, Pastor Bill Shishko. Today, the topic, Biblical Manhood. My guest is Pastor Ben Miller, pastor of Trinity Church in Syosset on Long Island. Check out their website, Trinity Church Long Island. That's all one word, trinitychurchlongisland.com. Text your questions at any time in the week on any topic. We put the programs together based on your questions, 516-367-0391. Our voice is mentioned my email address. Visit pastorbill at gmail.com. I invite your emails. Also, you can call my study, 516-593-1507. would love to chat with you. You'll get my electronic secretary, but we can set up a time to chat about your questions. We're bringing biblically faithful pastoral ministry to you. Pastor Ben, talk to us a little bit about how Trinity Church works to see biblical manhood developed in the boys and the young men and older men that you're ministering to. I I think that men, God made man out of the ground, and I think that men have a, a very strong natural love of kind of earthly, physical uh, things that, that, that shows up, I think, even in the way that guys like to get together and just do very active things together quite often. Um, and so what, one of the things we've tried to do is, is just orient our men's uh, stu- stu- studies and, and fellowship times to uh, be context in which men can feel you know, comfortable. And sometimes if you just like, look a guy straight in the face and say, you know, unclasp your soul, talk about how you're feeling, <laughs> Um, that can be very difficult for a, for a guy, you know, he's put on the spot. But as you're kind of walking on the way together, doing something together, hearts and souls and minds will open. And so, you know, we, we've tried to have, you know, when we get together for conversations among the men, we talk about, like, really earthy, you know, everyday challenges of work and sexuality and, and you know, working out, um, you know, just the, the kinds of things that men face in the real world every day. We, we talk about those things and we... You know, we get together and do enjoyable sort of active things together, just trying to trying to help men realize that it's okay to be this this kind of physicality and and um, earthiness that, that tends to characterize men. That it's it's okay. That's not unspiritual. Um, and 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 then you know, in, in a context of trust and openness and enjoyment together, we have just had some of the most amazing conversations among men. Uh, yes, they get theological, they they get philosophical, they get very deep into, you know, challenges of life and relationships and faithfulness to the Lord. Um, we also, this might sound strange, but in worship we try to sing, sing psalms and hymns that um, are, uh, you know, can, ha- can have some of that martial side of the kingdom, some of the, you know, the exuberant, um, you know, the warrior psalms, uh, and stuff that, you know, stirs the blood of men. Um, I'm I'm reminded, Pastor Ben, excuse me again for interrupting, of an article that the late A.W. Tozer, that the Lord used to found the Christian Missionary Alliance, he noted the change in hymnody, and he wrote an article called something like the, The Kingdom of God Playground or Battleground, and he made the same point you did. Yeah, again, this sort of agonistic... Um, you know, readiness for, for conflict, that, that's, you know, I think that's a fundamental part of, of who men are. Um, now, that has to be channeled by virtue and humility and, and all of that, but, um, yeah, I think, I think that does need to be reflected in worship, because it's clearly there in the songs of the Bible, um, and in the calls to men to be man, manly, to, to, you know, stand up and, and do the work of the kingdom, fight the battles of the Lord. Um, 
So just trying to create a trying to create a a culture, a church culture in which men feel that their masculinity is is welcomed, um, and and yet formed, formed toward the example of Christ, formed toward the glory of God, formed toward the through the Holy Spirit. Um, but still the raw materials of creation and nature that God put within men, that there should be no shame about that, and, and, no, and no feeling like you have to somehow suppress that in order to be uh, faithful to the Lord. So are you saying, for just in general with church life, fully realizing that the Word of God is our final standard, we need to pay more attention to nature rather than just looking for proof texts here and there for what we do? Is that, that what you're getting at? It is, yeah. I, I, I actually believe very strongly that one of the things we need to recover in the 21st century, at least in the church circles that I'm a part of, is a is a robust love of the doctrine of creation. You know, you, you, you know what we're saved for if you know what we're made for. You know what redemption is supposed to look like if you understand how creation is supposed to work. And it seems to me that while redemption is, is for all, re- redeemed life is going to be inflected through creational forms. And so... You know, we want that not in any way over against femininity, but we want to make sure that men, their masculinity, can be expressed in the life of the kingdom and the life of the church without, <laughs> without the sense that that's too rambunctious or it's too earthy. Um, or, or, or that, or that a, a high biblical view of manhood is toxic manhood, let's face it. Right? Yes, okay. yes, absolutely. And I do think that in some evangelical circles there can almost be that sense that more feminine forms of spirituality are somehow privileged in a way that I'm not really sure is, can, can be squared with Scripture or nature. Would you give us a little bit of your contact information about Trinity Church here on Long Island so people can reach out to you and worship with you at Trinity Church? Yeah, our website is uh, trinitychurchlongisland.com. Uh, my study number is 631-629-4528, and uh, we would love to meet any of our neighbors and have them come worship with us and grow together. It's, uh, it's exciting. Right. You give, me, give me your website again, Pastor Ben. Yeah, just uh, www.trinitychurchlongisland.com. Thanks so much for being my guest today. I encourage you to look at the website, and you will get Pastor Ben's recent sermon series up there. Give it a listen, and you will be blessed. We come now to time for counsel from the pastor's study. I've been fascinated by what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verses 13 and 14, not, not only for what it says, but to whom it was written. The text is, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, let all that you do be done in love. Now, it was written to the church in Corinth, which uh, was and is southern part of Greece. That was the place where the Olympic Games were held. It was a cosmopolitan port city in many ways, like New York City. It was known for its immorality. There was a phrase called Corinthian morals, which was not a good thing. In fact, one commentator said one of the most remarkable statements of miracle in the New Testament is the phrase, the saints in Corinth. (laughs) And that area was very, very much like our day. There was rampant prostitution and homosexuality and promiscuity, and, and not unrelated, the abuse of men and women. Out of the Christians in that culture, Paul wrote under the inspiration of God, be watchful, be on your guard against those things that will erode both your faith and your personal conduct. There are enemies all around you. Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Don't back off from what the Word of God says. Hold to it even more firmly as you stand against the gales of error 
blowing all around you. And don't give in to the wisdom of this world, and don't be corrupted by it. Act like men. Be strong. Now, I realize that this was written to men and women, but it's no coincidence that Paul uses a word that points to the main marks of masculinity, firmness, resolve, courage, strength, fortitude, and all of this to both protect and provide for the church and the families that composed it. Then he says, let all that you do be done in love. True manhood gives itself for the good of others, the very essence of love exercised by men or women. And firmness, not feistiness, resolve, not wrath, courage, not cruelty, fortitude is not fanaticism. They're the marks of the one perfect man, the man Christ Jesus. And may he be the model that we put before the males to whom we are privileged to minister. My thanks to Pastor Ben Miller, pastor of Trinity Church, Syosset, Long Island, New York, for once again being my guest on a visit to the pastor's study. Again, that's trinitychurchlongisland.com to get their website. And thank you for listening. It's a privilege to be a pastor to you through the medium of radio. Check out our archives of past visit to the pastor's study programs on sermonaudio.com, a visit to the pastor's study search mechanism, and our own website, visitthepastorsstudy.org. I appreciate your feedback or your questions. My email, visitpastorbill at gmail.com. Remember, Sunday, the Lord's Day, be sure to set apart time to worship the Lord in a church that is faithful to the Word of God. And remember, everyone needs a pastor. You've been listening to this week's A Visit to the Pastor's Study, a ministry of Reformation Metro New York Incorporated in the Orthodox Presbyterian Churches of Metropolitan New York and Connecticut. For more information on the program, check out our website at www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. That's www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. Listen in next week for another Visit to the Pastor's Study. Remember, everyone needs a pastor.